Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Four Blades in a pub here on Zoom. I'm John, and I'm so glad to be back talking to the lads tonight. Good evening, Ian. Evening, all. Good evening, Dan. Evening, mate. Good evening, Phil. Hello. Obviously, Friday night was spectacular, whether you were there at Loftus Road or you're watching it on television. It was such a good second-half performance after a pretty abject first-half one. But we wanted to give it a few days, let the dust settle so the hyperbole didn't take over. But also, there was a couple of important games in the Championship which sort of give us a bit of context for what could be a short rest of the season or quite a long one for United. So, um, Phil... I saw, well, I was assaulted by his son after the match on Friday night uh, outside Loftus Road. Uh, we, we were both there. How did you see the game? Well, first of all, I've got to say, Josh, I think he forgets he's nearly 22 now and not as small as he used to be when he jumps on you. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> nearly crippling you after the game. But <laughs> I mean, I'd be beaten up three times for every goal by Chinsky anyway. So, like, then that, I'd, I'd be, I've not been right since. Yeah, he'd get his dog biscuits, by the way. He did. <laughs> not that I saw. He had plenty of beer, though. Yeah. Didn't uh, you know his lucky uh, dog biscuits? He asked the Uber driver why he wasn't smiling, and then I just wanted the world. Anyway, football, 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 football. <laughs> I, I, first of all, I've got to say we took a massive risk actually going in the first place because Josh, Carly Blade and I uh, didn't leave Sheffield until nearly four o'clock. And didn't get didn't get out of Chesterfield until getting on for five o'clock. So actually getting into the ground in time for a pint was quite remarkable, really. Um, but yeah, you've not had anything in the post this week, Phil. You are. You've not had anything in the post this week, then. <laughs> no, I haven't actually. Funnily, do you know what? Though? I didn't really take it too quick. It wasn't like I was flying down there. Once we got out of Chesterfield, traffic wasn't too bad until we got into London, and we parked a minute from the ground. So. No, it was spot on. It was a decent journey and, and yeah, I'm glad glad we did it. Um, th- there was a lot of people criticising us at, at half-time and, and there was a lot of people saying that's it, season's over and all that sort of stuff. Whereas actually, first half, I didn't think we were that bad. There was a lot of huff and puff and, and obviously they scored the only time they got in our box, but we didn't play too badly. But then second half, to come out the way we did, we play like that for two-thirds of whatever the rest of the season is we'll get promoted. I'm that confident. We were that good that second half. Doing it's a different matter, but we absolutely steamrolled them. It was a matter of when we'd score and then it was a case of how many we'd get. We were that good. I was I was weirdly like relaxed as soon as I think it was the was it Gibbs White had one cleared off the line like a couple yeah. of minutes into the half and like people were like, oh it's not going to go for us. And I was like, these are crap. We get one, we'll we'll batter them. And like, I think there was some inflated stats. Don't want to do a Wednesday and like over egg things, but like we abs- it was it was just a bombardment on that goal and the quality of the balls into the box. Really, so bear in mind we've not really in the attacking positions got any aerial threat. So like, but the delivery was was outstanding and like it was one of my my favourite like away ends for a good number of years that I've had the pleasure of being in because it was just absolutely chaotic, even when the equaliser went in. That away end was up there with some of the uh, League One Championship away ends towards the end of that season. It was chaos, absolute chaos. I mean, there was that shot of that body that 
that just lands on top of someone else who's come over the hoardings. But the angle just makes it look like he's dropped out of the top tier. And he obviously hadn't. I think he just kind of jumped and stumbled and gone flying. But it, it was just, yeah. having said that, they, they're arresting kids, for, parents for running on the pitch at Borough now. So uh, you've got to watch where you do that kind of thing these days. Yeah. yeah. But, well, um, did you guys watch it on telly? Yeah. What, what, how, did, how did it look? Because obviously, I think you always get a bit of a biased view when you're in the ground, especially when you won a game. But did, did we look as good as what I thought we, we did on TV? Or I, I would say that if our season is a spectrum, the first half was the bottom end of the spectrum, the second half was the top end of the spectrum. We, we, we basically have both ends of the spectrum within 90 minutes. I didn't think... I know you said you thought we were all right first half, but I didn't think we were that good. I thought we were, we were steady and we were measured and we were in control... But we looked fairly toothless and we looked susceptible to, a, to conceding at the opposite, opposite end, which, which we actually did. Whereas the other half, the second half, we were, we were completely different. We were, we were flying into everything. We were, we were, we, we just, it was like, it was like Middlesbrough. It's as, it's as close to the Middlesbrough game as we've had since that. You know, we were flying at the tacklers, the tempo was up, we were closing down, we were hunting, and obviously we got three goals. So, yeah, I think. Whatever he did at half time, or whatever the change was, or whatever the words were that were said, took us from one end, one extreme to the other. As far as I can see, I'd, I'd agree with that. I, I I put one of the tweets out at half time that people see later that evening and start retweeting it and coming back at you on it. And I just said we'll be lucky to get one second half, never mind two. Toothless. Some nice build into play, Berger surging forward, but there's nothing in the box. And against a six, seven choice keeper, we'd not really worked him. And that, for me, it we something look something to me fundamental had to change for us to get something out of that game, especially having then gifted them a goal with a couple of pieces of bad defending, and it did. And like you say, it, to me, it was like it was like chalk and cheese for me. It, and and again, like I think you're right, Phil. I think sometimes in the ground you get one view, and certainly on the TV when you're that a bit more detached. And I think you, you're listening to awful commentary. I wish you could mute the bloody thing, but. I should have just muted the bloody thing, but I quite like having it off the atmosphere. But you end up just getting into this. I think it's easy to get in a negative mindset. And we've talked about that through COVID, didn't we? Of watching matches on the TV. And don't get me wrong, it was pretty awful at times through COVID. But I think it just magnifies the negatives and you don't always see the positives. I think, I think I've, I've, I, can't, I can't stress enough, especially this season, so the la- apart from COVID, it's the first season in memory where, unfortunately, well, fortunately, it's good things have happened. but for, for various reasons, I've not been to as many games. And watching football on the telly is a much more stressful experience because of replays. People, like, you know, you, you see bias that probably doesn't exist because you're defensive with your club and stuff, and it, it does get you up. But I actually agree with Dan. I thought the first half was pretty shit. At half-time, I had some disgusting Carlsberg, I think it was, and I was saying to various people, all those people that you sort of know but you don't really know, that uh, you know, I think that's shit. I think that's us done. We we just don't look like scoring. Um, but I think the in key fairness, what... though, with me with me saying I thought we were okay first half, I I did tweet at half time. We looked like a side without a striker on the pitch. Yeah, and and I think that that is that is what we look like. And well, that's just what we are, isn't it, mate? Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting. Like you say, we went. We probably were got in the, got in the face. We probably went a bit more direct, and actually. You know, it was nice to see some set plays, some, and actually how QPR just didn't seem to, 
didn't seem to track the the header at the back post every time. It's bizarre, but you know, we continued to exploit it, and 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 it showed a kind of ruthless side that we've lacked this I, season. I listened to I listened to Blades pod earlier on this week. Sorry, Dan, go on. Uh, I was saying I listened to Blades pod earlier on this week, and I think it was Andrew that said QPR on Friday night were basically us against West Brom earlier on in the season. Every time a, a ball went in the box from a throw in a free kick or a corner, they just looked absolutely all over the place. Like they'd never, they'd never, they'd never defended a set piece in their lives. And, yeah, bizarrely, and, I thought one of their better players was Sanderson, who we were linked with. The lad that's on loan from Wolves. Yeah, 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 we, yeah, we were linked with him at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah. And, and he dug them out a few times. I thought. I, think, I, I like. Is it? Is it chair? The mid. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think he's a tidy player. He had a better game at the lane than he did the other night. They're a weird one, though, QPR, because I, when you look at those two games against us, which, you know, we've ended up getting quite a good points all off them. They spent the majority of the season in the playoffs. And you wouldn't be like, they're amongst the best sides in the division, would you? Well, they, they were above us when they cancelled the game in, at Bramall Lane, weren't they? Yeah. They, they sat, there was... In the, like they've spent a good chunk of the season up there, but yeah, the keeper looked like he'd won some sort of competition, didn't he? So he had a good game. Compared to him, it makes. Oh yeah, sense. I didn't realise. Is it the Hurrahan one hits him on the head? Yeah, yeah. It actually goes in off the top of his head. Touches him, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so is that all? All those teams that called the games off over Christmas that, that obviously caused us to have this fixture backlog. I know obviously it's had a knock-on effect in some other games where we've, we've ended up kind of running on empty in terms of players, but have we won every one of those games that was called off so over Christmas? Over QPR, what, what's the other one? Well, Preston, Preston we drew, didn't we? Oh, Preston. Preston we drew, right, Big. okay. That was well, one that, of those That's days. not bad. Ten, ten points from them four games. So then those clubs have not, um, you know, it's not actually, in terms of direct points against us, it's not actually worked in their favour, has it? No. They, no, it's not worked in theirs. them. them. Yeah, it's, it's worked against us, but in terms of them, it's not actually they, they've not actually come out any better from it, have they? No. I, funny thing is, though, yes, it has worked against us without, and, and there's no doubt in that. But could we have stumbled by purely by accident, and the fact that's all we've got against a, a, a team and a formation that that we can work to our strengths and actually get something from? I think you. I think what is what's quite interesting is would. We wouldn't have got the points in the last couple of games, maybe, if McBurney had still been around, half fit, trying to find form. We'd been having to, you know, mess around with... It's almost like we're in that sort of comfortable position that you sometimes find yourself in, whether the team picks itself. And it's not like a desirable team. I'm sure if you said to Eckingbottom, you'd want, you'd want Sharp, you'd want, you'd want Bruce to McGoldrick, all the options... But the team now picks itself for Saturday, and it, like you say, it just allows us our best players gives White, and it allows gives White to play with somebody who's sort of on his wavelength and put Berger get Berger on the ball even more. And, and Jai's banging, and Jai's banging form as well. Yeah, his yeah. goal scoring's wild. Like, like that's a great return because we were all saying he's finishing shy because he was. <laughs> It has been. Yeah. There's a reason why, but I mean, let's be honest, if he works on that, there's there's hell of a player in there, isn't there? There is, yeah. It's, I think, depending on, obviously, depending on how he does next season, um, I think there'll be, 
I don't think we'll lose him this season, but if he has, if he carries this form into next season and improves and kicks on, I think we're going to have a good player on our hands next year. And yeah, someone, other comment, teams are going to be yeah, taking it. We're worth discussing. Someone made a comment that could he be the best player ever to come out of our academy? And he's up against some competition, but you can see why people would think that because the potential is huge. No, I think taking him out of it, then where, where's where's that bar at the minute? If we take Njai out of it, who's the best player to come out of United's academy? I would. And are we talking? Are we just talking United's academy in its current uh, in its current iteration, or are we talking the best player United have, have ever produced from the youth team? Right? I'm talking about the academy, as in the academy right, okay. it is now. Right. Well, I think I guess if you're asking who I think the best player that's ever come out of our academy in terms of going on to do what he's done, I would say Kyle Walker. Yeah, and I think, but then you know, you've got Jags as captain of England. Harry Why? And Maguire, yeah, Maguire's and then Maguire and Man U captain. Take take think. What's interesting? The murmurings around um, what's his name? The Ajax fellow who's coming in at Man U. Oh, Ten Hag. Ten Hag. Ten Hag is that he's he, he's like he's not like get rid of Maguire, get some play Varane. It's get somebody to play next to Maguire to. That was in the gossip today that he wants the centre half to play with Maguire, which you'd think when they got only got Varane last summer that they'd probably stick with Varane. But like Maguire as well, like Maguire has performed probably for England better than the other two, if particularly last World Cup no, performances. I'm Walker thinking. ever let England down? Has Walker ever? Oh, but like Walker's not. Not re- no, but like I think Walker, Harry Maguire still plays centre half at the World Cup that's coming up. I think unless it was like unless there's a serious deterioration, like that's embarrassing. Because I think he, but whereas I think Walker has tussled with Trent and Reese James, hasn't he? I know they went to the back three, but I'd, I'd say they three outstanding can. I think Walker and Maguire actually edged Jagielka. In terms, of, in terms of talent, there's every chance that Jai is better than Walker in terms of actual football, footballing talent. I'd be surprised if he has the career that Walker's had, as in wins numerous Premier League titles, plays for his country. I'd be, I'd be surprised if he, if he plays to that level. But in terms of actual talent, then yeah, that might be a shout. Walker's won. Walker will be the most like decorated trophy-wise, yeah. won't he? Uh, because, yeah, will. I, I don't see Njai playing at a Man United or a Man City. No, and that'll be the, that's I, the difference. I, I don't either. But did any of us see Kyle Walker playing at that level when he left us? Not when he left us. We didn't see him for long. We didn't see him for long enough to formulate an opinion. I, mean, I think the better one for that is: Would you say Harry Maguire would go on to be Man United captain and be like a first choice for England? You'd say, yeah. You'd have said Terry Kennedy would. <laughs> no, but that he looked the better. Diego, the two Di- Diego Di Girolamo would have been uh, Juventus captain by now. I think but, the, sto- I think the, the story goes on, doesn't it? Uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin, who'd have thought he'd have played for England when he played as many games as he did in League One for us, and couldn't it? Couldn't hit the target every time he got anywhere near the goal. So yeah. that's because he was wearing them high heels that he likes to wear. <laughs> when he was playing for us, but in all seriousness, it's it. I think with Njai, one thing I would add 
Uh, glad you brought Diego up for that, Danny. It's like, I think with a forward player, it's very easy to get carried away about, about how good they are compared to a defender. And now, like, both equally as important, but, like, a forward's more exciting. See, like, oh, he's got all yeah. the tricks and skills and stuff. But, like, I think it's harder to break into the elite level of football in that position than it is as a defender. And that's no disrespect to defenders. But, like, part of, like, going to the top of the game and why Maguire's done so well is he's 26, 27 now, and he's played 500 first-team games. That's why he's been able to kick on like that, whereas a forward, it won't necessarily be afforded that opportunity unless they're scoring for fun. You know what I mean? There's a lot more rotation in those positions. If you're playing a front three, like if he was to go on to a, a big club and jive and you're not assisting and not scoring, there's two or three people breathing down your neck to do the same job, isn't there? So it's an interesting, don't get me wrong, I think he's hugely talented. You, you, you think at times, he's probably been managed reasonably well this season because the, the spell out and he's kind of come back hungry and we're seeing the benefits of that. It does make you wonder... If he hadn't had a vol falling out, could he have done something for us sooner? But by all accounts, and um Heckenbottom's interview recently, he was actually on his way out of the club. Yeah. yeah. But that was he said he said that the club weren't playing a system that suited him. I mean, that's that's crazy to have a player of his talent and just rather than look at him and say, All right, maybe he doesn't fit perfectly into this, but we were screaming out for 18 months for someone who could do something different. Now, I'm not saying that, that you know, it'd have been 2021 20, then that he would have come in and, and had an immediate impact, but to just dismiss it out of hand when we were absolutely shorn of any any sort of creativity or any sort of player who could do anything different. By, by his own admission, Mark Duffy said that they were trying to replace him almost since his first season he was with us. And yeah. he brought in like Carruthers and Jay O'Shea and that kind of creative player that sits in the hole. We had one there all along and never really entertained him. It's yeah, weird. yeah, you're right. Yeah, I yeah. Know, that's a good point. We tried to replace him with Carruthers, uh, Ricky Holmes, Jay O'Shea. I'm sure, there's probably one more there somewhere. But we had we had someone who could have done yeah. that sitting Wouldn't there. Him, the other one. Yeah. Anyway, I've forgotten about Jay O'Shea. Just completely forgotten about Jay O'Shea. Phil's got his shirt. Jay O'Shea's because I've actually got his signed shirt from Northampton that day. Signed by. And it's screwed up in a ball under my bed. I should probably do something with it, really. <laughs> yeah, uh, but obviously to go back to QPR, a uh, couple of performances I want to talk about. I feel like it's a bit boring to keep saying it. And like, can we all just make sure when he's ne- not in form, whether it's next season or not, we all just remember what Norwood can do and has done for us over the last four seasons. Like, it's just... Like, that performance was absolutely ridiculous. To be able to dictate an attacking... Like, you know, an attacking performance of that quality like he did. Everything went through him. Slowed it down occasionally. Sped it up. Played the neat little passes. Like, oh, it just... It was a joy to watch. And... You know my feelings on, on Oli Norwood. Well, we, we, we've long been defenders... Um, do you know what in fairness hands up I haven't I I wasn't a Norwood defender last season and 
at the beginning of this. I, I was one that said, you know, it looked like his his legs had gone and, and he couldn't do it anymore. Um, something's obviously something's changed, possibly to do with playing in a four under Slav, uh, playing with a, a, a back four and a four in midfield. Possibly he can't do it in a two, but as part of that three, sitting where where he does, then yeah, absolutely, I'm, I'm quite happy to. I'd hold my hands up and say I'd, I'd written him off a lot earlier than we should have done, I think. Do you know what I think's nice as well? Because I think Norwood was written off, and, and especially in the Premier League, and I think that was down to the game was just too quick for him, I think, towards the end of the, the time in the Premier League. But more recently, Ender Stevens has been written off, rightly so as well, because his performances have been horrendous. But second half against, who did we beat at home? I can't remember who the last home game was. Cardiff. Cardiff, second half against Cardiff, he was really good. And then I thought he was really good against QPR as well. And it's nice to see someone that, that you mentioned before, John, that these players deserve a bit of respect for what they've done for the club. And it's it, nice to see he's, he's kind of coming back to some sort of what he used to be. I think it's first time we've seen Fleck fit for about 18 months in last, last month as well. He was plagued with injuries last season, in and out. Obviously had that awful thing happen to him at Reading, but seen a lot more like flex actually bringing some aggression, which I think you actually get quite a bit of aggression from Jack Robinson after flex. Like, well, more than flex, he's probably our most aggressive player. We've got Robinson. Um, he, he brings a nice bit of he, like flex being aggressive again. Thought Stevens looked a bit dodgy first half. They were one where one little passage of play where he looked confused that he'd ended up with balls. Like, come on, Ender. But like they were to a man, they were great second half and. There's something to be said as well about like we've 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 been very critical of Jack Robinson, but he's he he has turned it around. And like the job Osborne's done when he's played right back is nothing short of outstanding, considering somebody had said at the beginning of the season, in the running, you're in the playoff mix, who's going to be the right back? And somebody said, Oh, it's going to be Osborne. And after Bogle was injured, he's been the best option there. You would have pissed your pants. Because Baldock's, Baldock's was not either not fit or just not cutting the mustard. And then Osborne's come back in and been brilliant. Yeah, it's been good. Just just going back to Norwood, I was just looking for, for a tweet I saw yesterday, but somebody, there was a, a football league journalist putting together the best ever championship 11 based on performances in yeah. the championship. And I, I, it, had, it was incomplete when I saw the tweet. I can't find it now. There's only it, five players in it. I've seen it. Yeah, there was five players in at that point. The central midfielder that was in at that point was Leon Britton. But Oliver Norwood should be in there for what he's done in the championship. On account of getting promoted out of it three times. Yeah. Could be four. Yeah. Well, the thing is with Leon Britton as well. Was well I said Billy Sharp also wasn't in that team. He wasn't at that stage. Is he now? I can't find that. Sod's law, I can't find the tweet. Yeah, I thought I, I knew I'd written it. I can't remember who did it either. The thing is, with those sort of things, like you, there's a lot of people you could make a case for, particularly up front, like Glenn Murray's one that instantly springs to mind just because of like multiple promotions and things. But QP, I think these there's a lot of positives in terms of performance. And I think if we're not if we're not careful, I'm just looking at the time gents. We could really like continue to go off on tangents about the players because it we we found ourselves. Oh, Ian found can I, it. Can I, can I just say one last thing? One last player, Berger. To me, right. Ber, Berger 
for all the creativity of Ngaia Morgan gives white, Berger just gives us something that we haven't got. Now he's, and he seems to be purring a bit more now. Just a surge. Well, it, I described it as a surge. He just just surges away from somebody effortlessly. Does he burge away from people? Doesn't matter. Sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. That, <laughs> hang on. That, that's that's I've, I've done some bad puns on here, Phil. But <laughs> sorry, it's like he's. I mean, it's the first time he's been fit and had a run of games for Ever? probably eighteen months, or almost since he's been here. So that's obviously contributing to it, but it's. It's almost like he suddenly realises how much better he is than, you know, you see him sometimes and you think, why aren't you doing this all the time? And it's, it's as though every so often the penny drops and he just goes, hang on, I'm bigger and stronger and better than whoever I'm being marked by. And just, you know, like, obviously not seeing level, but remember at Gascoigne when he was in his pomp, he used to do that thing where he'd drive past someone and just, used to put his arm across them and just ease them out of the way. Yeah. That's the same sort of thing Berger does. He doesn't, doesn't beat him for pace, doesn't beat him for skill. He just seems to cruise past him and just, you know, just they've got a choice. They can either let him go or bring him down. And it's, it's a great weapon to have. Yeah. Talking to Gaza briefly, have you heard the story about on the Steve Howie under the cosh, what he used to do to the kit man? Yeah, brilliant. Fantastic. <laughs> Won't spoil it. Listen to it. Steve Howie's a character, by the way. Christ. He won the dentist chair at Euro 96, apparently, before the tournament. He beat Teddy Sheridan in the final. But on another tip, last thing on that, the Gaza documentary on BBC Two was brilliant. You get it on yeah, yeah, yeah. It, brilliant. It shows how destructive the press was. And like you say, the dentist chair, it was worse culprits than Gaza. But Piers Morgan and Rebecca, what's her face, went straight for Gaza. So, it, yeah, pass it. Some stuff I wasn't aware of, but when it, you piece it together, it's shocking. Anyway. Poor bloke. Indeed. Um, so, a couple of results in the championship this week. Um, we are. I didn't watch the game. Looked on with some curiosity on Monday to see how Fulham were getting on against Luton and then changed my underwear. I don't know how anyone else felt. <laughs> There's a couple of there's a couple of things, a couple of obvious points to make. Mitrovic has broken the record, so that monkey's off our back, and they've won the league. So they're two things that they're not going to be gunning for now. The other other thing I heard was Luton. It was something like Luton's third or fourth choice keeper. So it wasn't a bit like it was facing the whatever the sixth or seventh choice that kid was at QPR. You never know; they can be quite good. But it wasn't I their think... fourth choice keeper. They brought an emergency loan in, didn't they? That and was they... it. It's something like that. I knew it was down. Yeah, could it be the guy? The guy who they brought in had got the highest save percentage of any goalkeeper in Championship history. It's the guy that went up with Brighton, isn't it? The Australian fella. Oh, Matt. Matt, what's his face? Yeah. We could have signed from Central Coast Mariners when yeah. we needed a keeper and we didn't bother. That's played in goal the other night. It's not like... I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't see who was in. I just Matt, heard... I saw a Luton fan talking about, you know, the, the keeper crisis. Sanderberger's best mate as well, yeah. which is... From when, when they were at, uh, Bru- Ryan, at Bruges. Thingy Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Him and Berger like right. on holiday yeah. together. Yeah, so there we go. But... Yeah, also, I'm not happy how good Luton are because that when we beat them, they were shy. They were awful. Yeah, they were awful. So, unfortunately, I don't think they're likely to be playing them in the playoffs. No. Get there. So, mm. so here's the question then. So, th- th- they play 
Reading on Saturday. Yeah, played bad. Reading, Reading have gone what through did four all with Swansea and then lost a couple, I think, since they beat us. Do we think Luton get a result and keep us? Keep? I, I would say I would say Luton probably win. Yeah, I, I think Luton beat Reading. I, th- I think I think Reading's d- done. They've, they've got done the job to say there's there's a lot of players moving on. I don't think there's going to be any real care from them, to be honest. Okay. So Middlesbrough have got Preston away. Yeah. And Preston have played a bit like us. Four of the last six games have been at home prior to that. And then they've got obviously that one on, on Saturday as well. And I think you were saying, Phil, they've got one of the better home records. Yeah, so I was chatting to a Preston fan the other day um, and, and he was saying that their fo- their home form, especially under um, their current manager, has been pretty good. They've lost two in 20 under him at home, yeah. which is quite a record, really. And, and having recently been beaten by Blackburn, they've kind of got a bit of a point to prove to their fans. He also went on to say about three loan players that they've got that it's their last game that have become real crowd favourites at, at Deepdale that may want to go out with a bit of a bang and a bit of a swan song in their last game for the club. So his his view was that they've got, they they beat Borough away in one of Wilder's early games and they feel they've got the beating of them. So fingers crossed. And Borough's away form's been patchy, hasn't it, as well? Yeah, they've not been good away from home at all, have they? Say that again? Borough, not been good away from home. No, they haven't. But I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to emphasise too much on us relying on Borough not getting a result. Because I think it should be down to us. But if there's a team that's likely to slip up, I think Borough are more likely to slip up than Luton. And, and uh, aren't going to beat Bournemouth. I don't think. Millwall have got Bournemouth, haven't they? Millwall are Bournemouth away, yeah. Well, according you, to one of the year nines today, that we're going to lose 8 0 to Fulham and they're going to smash Bournemouth because Bournemouth have been promoted, so they won't be concentrating on the game. So I asked him if Fulham hadn't been promoted. And he said, Of course they have. I was like, Well, what's your logic then? And he didn't say anything after that. Um, call it, calling in Ofsted for teaching standards there, John. I'm not that logic. Been upsetting them all, haven't I? Yeah. No, it, 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 it's just a bit nerve-wracking. I just think it, what pisses me off is like the Norwood disallowed goal at Blackpool and some of our own ineptitude of defending, particularly in the last five minutes of games, means that we should really now either be in Bournemouth's position um, or, or, or at least comfortably in the playoffs. Because I don't think Huddersfield are any great shakes. I'm guessing if there's... You know, somewhere in various places around the country, there's, you know, four swans in a pub and four tangerines in a pub. They're all kind of talking about their could have, would have, should have for this season. So everyone will have that. But you're right. If you think about two really bad penalty decisions against Bournemouth, like you said, the, the disallowed goal um, at Blackpool, the, like the said, our, own inept, pe- our own ineptitude and how many games have thrown away in the last minute. I can't even touch it up now, but I'm guessing that's. I'm guessing if you added it up, there's probably about 15 points there. We should be better. Right. Penalty at penalty at Stoke. Yeah. Handball at Stoke. I mean, there's. there's the and the only the only way I can the only way I can think about the other way is he's scoring the last minute against Blackburn. I could be wrong. I could be forgetting all the times we've we've might have snuck something late, or fortunately, but that's the only one that really springs to mind. Yeah, but this, yeah, I mean. 
Forest and Huddersfield definitely in there, and Bournemouth managed to get promoted. Just important, obviously, before we talk about someone at Bournemouth we don't like, I presume, um, someone we do like, David Brooks, uh, getting the all clear this week was was probably the best thing to come out of Bournemouth. Well, definitely better than the promotion. Good luck to him. Hope he manages to get back on a football pitch at some point in the future. It must have been a terrible time he's been through. I'm sure we all echo that. Yeah. Uh, but what, we do, what we'd also echo is it's amazing what Scott Parker's managed to achieve with such a large, lavish budget and all the luck in the world and help from the referees, including in the game against Not Forest the other night when, was it Surridge got completely wiped out? And they've even got the Premier <coughs> League refs in for the game, but yeah. Does anyone it, know why that game... It was back for offside. It was never offside. It was such a bad decision. And it was a, it was a, it would have been a stitch on penalty. Does anyone know why... Today that they've won 15 games through bad decisions this season. 15 games. 15? Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. It was quite interesting because after, after we played them, there was a lot of complaining about the ref and a mate of mine, who's a Bournemouth fan, just started biting on the back of a, a, a reply. I don't know if he replied to one of my tweets, but then people started piling on him and he was having a good old fight back. But I mean, they, it, their argument is they have not spent above their means on this squad. They've, they've spent the money they've raised. They went out with a fucking. They did supermarket sweep with anyone they could get on the la- like, and the fact there's no strategy happened on the last day of the January transfer window. Who will have Cantwell? Who will have will have Nat Phillip? Like, what, what, what did they what did they bring in then? If if that's his argument, what they've only spent what they've brought in. What did they bring I'm trying to remember. I, look, I looked at this at the time. There's obviously Wilson. Um, okay. Is it Lerm? Is it Lerma? Okay, Lerma 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 Who's the midfielder? That's Lerma I'm trying to think of the mid. There's the midfielder that they made a decent turn on as well. The, the one that's at Villarreal, Dan Juma. Dan Juma, the, yeah, they made a profit on Dan Juma. Right. So they have, they have. But how many? It, the this the spending that was going on before that was disproportionate to success. So, like, they're not living within the means. And I, I think, uh, what's his chops tweeting about it today, that if we don't get promoted, follow Bournemouth's model, which was, um, what's he called? Darren Smith said, Bournemouth gives Sheffield United hope that they could get promoted. And I'm thinking, right, Bournemouth yeah, but- still had a decent squad at the start of this season, and then they added in January. Going and getting, what's his chops from Cardiff? Centre forward on top of like Canwell Phillips. Ken Belly from Peterborough. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know that Kiefer Moore had gone to Bournemouth. I didn't. Isn't that ironic that he's just sealed his own loan away from Bournemouth next season by getting promoted with them last last minute? (laughs) Cantwell as well, like eight like when we were in the Premier League, was being talked of as like the next Madison sort of. If he obviously he's not that as good, he's not on that level, but like that next good like player off the Norwich production. Falling over a lot whilst wearing a shit Alice band. <laughs> Grealish and Madison uh, hybrid, Todd Cantwell. But I mean, listen, it's become a bit when you when you order James Madison from Wish. <laughs> on very.co.uk. <laughs> um but yeah, he's um like it's comical, but Bournemouth will finish 20th next season. And he'll be on match at day saying how unlucky everything's been and how they're just trying the best. And 
if they finish twentieth, if they finish twentieth, he'll be done by November. He's he's, yeah. he's yeah, underachieved this season by scraping them up with, with two games to go that season. If they don't start well, he'll he'll be on his he'll be on his barra. That's, well, a, you know what? That's a fair shout, actually. Has he has he underachieved? underachieved? Absolutely, he has actually scraping in with the last game of the season, last home game of the season. That that, that squad. squad. With that squad and the money they've spent. I'm amazed they've kept hold of Billy. Yeah, yeah, he's very good. Yeah, he's a good player. Billy's a class above at this level. You know, you're and about, they've got... You're about Kiefer Moore potentially going next season. If we don't go up, he's the sort of... He'd, he'd, he'd do down here next season. Oh, yeah. He, he, you know what it made me think of last night, actually? Because he scored two goals against Swansea when they were 3-0 down for him to come back to draw mm. three. And he obviously won it for him last night. He was almost our um oh Gary Medine. Yeah, Gary Medine. He's almost like Gary Medine when we went up. That kind of trouble causer in the box that, that got him over the line. But it, it comes down to I think and I think this is why we've actually dropped points against teams that we should have done better against. Often your better sides in championship have your prettier players and you need a bit more aggression. You need a bit more physicality sometimes to actually like like getting amongst them, like Medine, when we went up last time, obviously it didn't work out with one of them, but we signed Horsfield and Akinbaye in the January before we got promoted, didn't we? In 2000. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, you bring in, you bring in a striker who's a bit different to what you've got. So you're going to have to mix it up. You have your starting 11, but I think Warnock had probably chased Akinbaye for about four years, hadn't he? But anyway. When, um, we, went on, when we went up under Bassett, he signed Big Bad Billy for the running. Yeah. Yeah. So we, it. I think obviously we didn't really have money to do anything like that in January, and we also had a thousand strikers then. Um, but anyway, Ollie Burke's in a rich vein of form. So if Millwall don't make it, we've got another. I mean, it'd be. I'd honestly piss my pants if he came back. Apparently they can't. Apparently neither neither Ollie Burke or or Musa can come back and play for us in the playoffs. Oh. <laughs> Let me just get out my tiny violin. So obviously we've talked about the other the other players within this um, within this this promotion equation. We've not actually spoke about how we think we'll do on Saturday. At which point Phil, Phil leaves the room. Phil's Phil. <laughs> to get a drink. The blood Phil's mind. Phil, Phil's run off. <laughs> Phil's run off. <laughs> Gone for a bit. More beer. Right, okay. Driven him to drink. So what what do we think? How do we think we'll do? Because obviously. We, if we do what we need to do, everything else is, is immaterial. I think my fear on Saturday is no, let's do this way be positive. If we turn up like we did second half Saturday, great. My worry is that we get a decent crowd in, that we don't, we get off to a shaky start, the crowd get angsty, and it just transfers onto the pitch. And that's my worry about Saturday. Because actually, we can be the best fans in the world, but we can also be the worst fans in the world. I think that's the most bladey bladey comment I've heard on this pod <laughs> for ages. I, I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. Bramal Lane's a nervous place. I, if you want my my two penny, I think we win Saturday. I, I, I'm I'm. Fairly, and you've said that for the last two or three days, haven't you? Yeah, I'm fairly confident we beat Fulham. If we're looking for pessimism, if Mitrovic gets a hat trick, he averages a goal a game over the season. Finishes yeah. on forty six in forty six. So if you want my optimism, my optimism <laughs> is that I've seen the Fulham team have been paintballing today. 
So I'm hoping he's had a paintball in the bollocks this week at, at yesterday. He doesn't actually play on Saturday. That's my view. He's not a just a dead, foot, not just a dead leg, foot. but a death, dead um, left bollock. Six foot odd Serbian bloke who shaves at 9am and has a full beard by 10am. A paintball for the bollocks ain't going to cut it, Phil. <laughs> That's not good. Need <laughs> some fireworks outside the hotel. You need to go with like, you need to send round... The ba- you need to send around the mafia, and he, even then you probably eat him in front of the families and say, "I am fine." He's so probably you're, up, you're up, and he comes out and puts that Buster Gonads on Saturday <laughs> with him in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> oh, no, I can now picture him like some Serbian warrior going around the paintball with just like a pair of pants and going, "Come on in again, again, again." <laughs> just got, just taking it. Out. I just, I think, I think that they. They've got nothing to prove now. They've won the league. They've he's done what he needed to do. They're up promoted. Everything's. It's not like that season when we got promoted with a hundred points. We were still fighting for something on that last game of the season. We were still needing Billy Sharp score to get his thirty goals for the season. We were still needing to win to get hundred points. You, there's nothing there for them now. They've done it. There's yeah, there's no, there's no there's no actual landmark. Yeah. Is there? it's not like they're on like you say if they're on ninety eight points or or Mitrovic needed a goal to beat the record or yeah, it, it, it can, like you say, it'll go one or two ways. They'll either turn up and they'll be in the flip-flops and they'll not care or they might, you know, conversely, they could turn up and go, do you know what lads, we've had a great season. Let's have a, let's have a party on last game of the season. They could really turn it on and, you know, turn up that Ireland Globetrotters. But, I mean, we, we only got a doing once in the Premier League and that was the day after Chris Wilder left. I don't see Fulham coming to Bramall Lane and doing it now with the same defence effectively and a keeper that's in form and everything else. I, I just think that I, I'm not I'm not worried. I'm honestly not I'm not worried. I know I'm a I'm quite an optimistic blade, you know that, but I'm I'm just not worried. I'm I'm pretty terrified that it'll fuck it up. Only on the basis that I feel like that game on Friday was almost like the high and the final like Oh, we've, we've probably done enough. And then every result of the weekend, apart from the Luton one, obviously, went against us. I, d- I don't know. Maybe I'm just. Maybe I'm just. It's been a Sheffield United fan. We've been it down that many times. I, d- I think it's interesting it's because if it. we if we got in the playoffs, I'd fancy, I fancy it, and we could we we probably got time to do five minutes on that if we were to get in. If, who you'd fear. And things, but I, yeah, I think I, I'm a bit worried about Saturday. But let's, get, let's get round to that then. Let, let's go. Let's call the, the three games that, that are important to us because I'm not going to count Millwall and, and Bournemouth because I think Bournemouth win that. So, Luton, Reading, what are we saying? Luton win. Luton draw. Okay. Because um, Paul's that, got we're safe. Paul's got Tom in. No, uh, we'd have to get a point. Yeah. So Preston Borough. Um, I think a draw as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see Preston taking some off. Ian, Borough. Borough win. Okay. Borough win. So the the important one then, because this nothing else matters if we win. What what are we saying score wise Saturday, Ian? I'm coming to you first because you're like just either farted or you don't want to answer it. <laughs> don't want to answer it. Um, I think we draw. Okay. 
and the consequences of all those three results on my side are great, but yeah, I just, I just, I just, yeah, being a blade. I think we draw. Yeah. Okay. John? I think we lose, but with the draws in the other two games, with in there still with the skin of his teeth. Okay. Dan? I think exactly the same. I think we lose 3 2, but I think the, the, result, the other results go for us, and, and it's. Uh, Fair enough. Well, I'm, I'm going to stick with my prediction. I've said it for a week or so, actually. I think we beat Fulham. I think we'll beat them 2-1, 2 now. To be fair, Phil, often when you like stick your chest out and do this, you tend to be right. So I hope you are this time. I think we, right. should just re- we should just rename it One Positive Blade, not in a pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll have to try and do something in a pub at some point. Do a pre-Wembley special from my local... Which will be, which is quite funny. We should do a live video because that would be interesting. To see some right okay. characters. The have espresso martini on tap. Sort of establishment <laughs> it is. Yeah, um, oh, brilliant. Never turn on. But yeah, in all seriousness, it's yeah. I, but I'm not. I'm like everyone going on about everyone's. Do we all? Is it just me who thinks that everyone like waxing lyrical about Forest for so long? They might just fluff the lines. Eric French posted something today on Twitter that um, he, he basically said, that's Forrest done. The way that affected them last night, that's them done. I'm not sure. I think that may be being a bit harsh on some of the players they've got, but I can see what he means because they, they just didn't perform last night at all. Eric I French guess. has turned into like a, a kind of Nigel Adkins light on Twitter. He's always posting... Positive affirmations, and and you know, if we keep walking in the, in the right, if we're facing the right direction, all we have to do is keep walking and, and bollocks like that. So I'm not. It does live here in Cliff Park as well. <laughs> it makes a change from when he decided to come out at 11 p.m. one night, and then the next night <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> I think drink may have been taken. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take all the positive vibes of Phil, of Frenchie, of whoever at the minute. Just help help navigate the um, the mental maze of combinations of results and what might happen. Do not expect me to be this positive come half past twelve on Saturday? By the way, I've been nervous wrecking shit in bricks, no doubt. <laughs> oh dear! I'm fully expecting Chops to just be what he's normally like on on big games, just sitting there, really pasty. With both hands on his pint, just kind of staring at the space and not speaking. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's not work. He's, he's turning into your dad this season, isn't he, Phil? So he, <laughs> he's more dour than my dad when it comes to matches. Honestly, he's worse. Cheers, Chris. Yeah, cheers. It's uh, was it planned? Uh, is it? Um, I don't know. Is it living in Chesterfield? Does that do it to a man? I don't know. But that's yeah. Macca. If he's allowed in the ground again. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, Steve Morrison. Uh, in, anyway, can at least he can he can find some solace in with those views that he should have claimed racism with uh, with a Crawley manager. Uh, obviously, that is one of the worst news stories I have ever read regarding football. Like reading something from the seventies, apartheid. Is that? Um, Mental, but yeah, claiming Steve Evans 
uh, Steve Evans, Steve Morrison, sorry, Steve Evans is another basket case. Steve Morrison claiming that no one took it seriously because it wasn't racism. He told a fat bloke to sit down. Well, is he, an old bloke. Get, get, get that old bastard back in his box or something, it? or back where he's supposed to be. Apparently that's disgusting levels of being <laughs> from a bloke who played 250 career league games at Millwall. And was in the fourth official's ear shouting much worse, apparently, for much of the match. Anyway, standards, anyway, yeah. um, and all that. If we were to get in the playoffs, boys, then early, early, oh, maybe no, no, let's not do that. Let's talk, let's, let's talk about it. If, if, uh, as and when. I didn't say if, I said as and when. To, to, if, so if we're not talking about the playoffs, do we need to reference the stalled takeover bid, which has gone absolutely... Just off the radar. Yeah, it's, it's as big a U-turn as Frenchie's sexuality, isn't it? It's like one one minute with Mitch, next minute loans and fees. Um, yeah, it's just but, but there's no news, is there? There's no there's no updates. There's no talks but ongoing. But this is exactly what happened with Newcastle. Yeah, there was there was one guy, Luke Edwards of the Telegraph, who seemed to be just kept saying, "Yeah, there's something still happening." And he seemed to be this bloke who had some sort of message now, how, but never actually met the guy. But he so kept giving you updates. Just, just for a bit of kind of, uh, I suppose, official context, if you want to call it that, there won't be any news now until the EFL have done whatever they're doing to ratify whether it's a acceptable bid from an acceptable person. Yeah. Thing is, if, if I was him, if I, if I was this this guy, I can't remember his name, Morris. Yeah. And- Henry Morris. Henry, Henry, Henry Morris. If I was him, and I knew I was potentially, if if, if indeed he exists, or if in, indeed his, his bids kind of on the on the level, I'd be drip feeding things in. You know, if I if I knew I was trying to buy a club where the majority of the fan base were a bit disgruntled with the owner and there was infrastructure issues, and I'd be drip feeding things in, like you know, my so you know, into the local press that you know sources said that Henry Morris is interested in investing in the not only in the first team but wants to bring the academy up to code and, and he's looking at potential venues for a training ground whether he is or not I'd be playing hearts and minds now to try and get the fan base on side so that this is what makes me think it's this is like when Mike McDonald got friendly bullshit with or smoke and mirrors maybe that doesn't play into Mike Ashley's plan and this is it exactly we're back to, to Ian's um, and Ian's Ian's kind of suggestion a while ago that he's either a stalking horse for Mike Ashley or potentially a figment of Mike Ashley's imagination like Tyler Durden he's his kind of Mike Ashley's fight club companion his role is Mike Ashley punching him talk about the face deal. in an underground car park somewhere we don't talk about the club I mean I, I mean I at least he's not like hired some sort of uh, Jim Phipps character to go on social media and befriend everybody, and, <laughs> and 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 suggest having blue and white kits and various other crazy things. And do you, do you remember when Kevin McCabe gave the Prince a set of knives? <laughs> remember that, like like in a, the ceremonial they go. You're now part of the club and gave him a set of knives. What do you reckon the Prince would give him? Uh, somewhat on tick. <laughs> Something from Bright House. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> why? Credit. A Ferguson video star from Brighthouse. <laughs> Top loader. Betamax. Yeah. Ah. Just, just talking though, be careful what you wish for. Have you seen the thing today about um, Burnley and the loans taken out by Kevin McKay's friends, ALK, who were the other potential interest when he sold to the Prince? Or when he was looking to, sorry, not when he sold to Prince, but when he was looking at offloading the club. Yeah. The people who took over at Burnley, Burnley's going to need to pay back a significant proportion of the £65 million loan at the end of the Premier League season if they get relegated. I mean, they, so all, not, they sound they sound like some sort of like bad. They just sound like bad people. Then, don't they? A E K. We are here. Like you know, like some sort of. Oh, is it a? There's like been an attack in town. It's A E K. It's got the marking. Like they just sound wrongans. Everyone was. Everyone was. Um, they're that or they're like a Scandinavian football team, aren't they? They usually have like three random letters at the start of absolutely. The Oh, AK Athens. I was about to say that. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I mean, Greece was in Scandinavia. But yeah, it's a Swedish you... one. In the, in, into AIK Solna from Sweden. Yeah. HJK well, Helsinki. There we if go. You, if you read some of Matt Letissier's scientific medical documents that have been uh, hidden away, but he's actually read, Greece is in Scandinavia. And it's actually not separated by water. But there you go. I'll, I'll, obviously, obviously, we've all seen the Matt Letizia interview. Have you seen the, uh, the the lad that replied and said something along the lines of, "How do we know you scored two hundred and sixty-five Premier League goals? There's a, there's a good chance all them goalkeepers were just crisis actors <laughs> and instantly got blocked." <laughs> yeah, he, he likes he likes to um, he likes to block. That's a classic sign. I I mean. Wouldn't you like to have a little look in his Twitter account for half an hour there? Like, a, a, everything he follows, but sort of some of the stuff he must have been DM'd. Well, he's doing a um, he's doing a he's doing a live show in Southampton, isn't he? Talking about truth seeking and the Great Reset and stuff like that. So, if we fancy a four blades in the pub conspiracy theory day out, we could always go and fill mm. abuse at Matt Letizia. Who goes to that, Kevin? In a different way. <laughs> who go? Who who's going to that? And and what 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 what's what's being raffled off? <laughs> the truth. Going, the truth. She's always. Here's a picture of Matt with a fake COVID test. Here's here's a box of lateral photos that Matt first discovered that they actually spread the pandemic around. Anyway, here's a picture of Matt with some alien artifacts. Artifacts at Area 51. <laughs> but yeah, I, I had to get Letitia in. I mean, when it all came out, and my mate Joe the other week made a very, very, very good point. He just said he was only ever a serious knee injury from driving the only taxi in Guernsey, and it's it's true that. <laughs> We should always oh. remember that. I remember there was a lot of uh, outcry, wasn't there, when he was when he was kicked off Soccer Saturday. So you can only begin to imagine some of the horrendous things he was coming out with off camera there. Yeah, it says a lot when the only one that was kept on was Merson. Yeah, if, if, if there's several people in a room and the most together is Paul Merson, you'd like, 
gonna wonder what happened, but yeah. Um gentlemen, it's been quite a discussion, and I'm gonna I'm I don't know about you, you Phil. Well, I know you, Phil, Ian, Dan. Phil's optimism is is has really put me in a good mindset for Saturday. Um, we've all made his predictions. Um has anyone got any final thoughts? Well, it's like Jerry Springer. <laughs> Come on, Phil, give us your final thought. Just nice positive sc- final thought to wrap it up. I've just heard the screaming of a three-and-a-half-year-old lad that needs to go and be probably assisted with. So I thought I'd... Yeah. I can't beat that. <laughs> Take care of each other. What was it like, well, I used to end your show with Jerry Springer. I mean, I always remember they used to sell like the outtakes and like try to like dress them up as having a bit of smut on them to get people to buy them in HMV. They were in, they were in with the pornos, like the Jerry Springer day, too hard for TV. And like some woman had had like a bra ripped off. Like, I was, I've never explored that area. They were in with the pornos with the John (laughs) (laughs) in HMV. Like, like, not like it was a, it was a secret before. door at the back of HMV on Fargate that John was allowed in. Only people, only certain people knew of it. When this, right? I'm going to go and defend. <laughs> they used to, <laughs> they used to like my dad were in the video club, not like that on that Peter K thing where he's he's selling Charlie's Anals at back at Van and 99s out of front, but like they'd sent like videos that you get a catalogue to buy videos off this website. I can't remember what it was called. And they always used to have like one that said 18 and you had, you had to rip it open. And I used to like nab that when it came through post and have a look what you could get. And there was bloody these like Jerry Springer things in it. That's all. So too hot to handle. There's there's the name for the pod. And let's hope we're too hot to handle on Saturday. Oh yeah. Let's hope uh, just just for clarity's sake, is the name of the pod too too hot for handle or Charlie's Anals? <laughs> the best line in anything Peter <laughs> K's ever done is in that that Peter K thing with that ice cream van thing. And kid comes round after he's bought some porno and goes, Dad, I've got sauce. He goes, so my son. <laughs> Gets me every time. <laughs> got oh. sauce, so my. Brilliant. <laughs> Well, obviously, there's always some some very random comments, but it's been great to chat, gentlemen. Um, I think there's only one thing to say, isn't there? Up the blades. Up the blades. Up the blades. <laughs>